It's Sunday morning. Time for the great outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Good morning. Welcome to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. And if it sounds a little bit not as clear as it usually is, I have gone on location to see something that hasn't been seen in, well, in in 100 years. I'm at the Lost Lake. I'm in California, in the Central Valley, on California's Tulare Lake Basin, which was the single, this is going to be, this is so hard to believe. The single largest freshwater lake west of the Mississippi River that was drained over a hundred years ago. The lake was an estimated 790 square miles. That's a size, area size far larger than Yellowstone National Park. 790 square miles. To call it 800 square miles. The Great Salt Lake, which we spent so much time talking about and which has withered to, to, to record lows, it'll come up this year with the incredible snow. The Great Salt Lake is 1,800 square miles. So this Tulare Lake was half the size of the Great Salt Lake, all fresh water, the largest lake west of the Mississippi. It was even larger than Owens Lake. And Owens Lake was renowned for its waterfowl and wildlife, and that too was drained over 100 years ago. So what has happened with snowfall that has now 300% of the average is causing lakes to form in areas in California that people didn't even know they actually were living on a lake bed. The Tulare Lake is now the most single most important agricultural region in the state of California, which is the single most agricultural region in the United States and the single, most, the single largest agricultural region on a per square mile basis in the entire world. Nearly $2 billion in dairy products and crops like grapes, cotton, corn, alfalfa, almonds, pistachios, come from this valley floor where Tulare Lake is trying to reclaim itself. And if you go online after the show and pull up pictures, it's Tulare, T-U-L-A-R-E, Tulare Lake in the Central Valley of California. And it is, it is shocking to see that nature is trying to reclaim something that most people, no one alive has ever seen water on. And in a hundred years, hundred years ago, it was full of full of wildlife and fish, and the lake had a depth of up to, uh, I think it was seventeen feet. No, thirty-seven feet deep was the was the the estimated date, depth of the lake. And of course, it was filled by all the rivers that come out of the uh, Sierra Nevada mountains. Uh, so it is it's stunning that this is coming back. Obviously, it's not going to last very long. The damage it's going to do to California's agriculture, well, it's, it's going to be billions of dollars. And we're all going to see that 
at the grocery store here very soon. So what I wanted to do was just to uh, talk about it this morning in the context of how you can't believe everything you read. And as you know, I have not taken a position on this show ever about global warming. I, I'm one of the individuals who believes the climate's always changing, and, and I don't feel qualified to determine whether or not we are causing the change, whether it's accelerated or less accelerated. And you're occasionally going to hear cars in the background because people are coming from all over to have a look at this lake, which hasn't been here in, in over 100 years. So, But anyway, the articles on this lake are, are rather phenomenal in that they are claiming that what is now causing this incredible flooding is, yes, climate change. Up until a few months ago, for the past decade in California, all you read about was Climate change is causing the most historic drought in the history of California, which, which, was, which is not true, and that it will continue and that California uh, is going to be drier than ever. That may be true. Those articles were true, were written last November as California headed into what looked like another very dry year. Here we are four months later, and we are told now, believe it or not, the flooding is being blamed on climate change. And I'm going to read what has been what is what has been written several places, but it says that the or the origination of these storms that is now pummeling California and has all winter are coming up from the tropics where warm air can take on warm water. And then when it reaches colder climates, of course, that causes precipitation. And it says, quote unquote Climate change is raising temperatures, and as the atmosphere's capacity for holding water amplifying storms in California and many parts of the world. Well, just four months ago, we were being told basically that California was going to, it was never going to get wet again. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but we were told because of climate change, California is going to be likely not have the kind of precipitation that it's had on and off over the past hundreds of years. And by the way, California is basically a desert, as if, if one were to read the great book Cadillac Desert by Mark Reisner, it goes back to 1200 A.D. and, and considers precipitation levels in California, which are always very low. But now we've had 300% of the precipitation ordinary ordinarily that occurs in the Sierra Nevadas, and climate change is the reason it did, because rising temperatures around the globe are amplifying, quote-unquote, amplifying storms in California and many parts of the world. In four months, apparently, we have done a 180. So it's, it's, it's just unbelievable to me. You can't have it both ways. Either climate change is going to cause California to dry up, or according to this story, all of a sudden, it's going to cause California to flood. And I only mention that because I think we just have to read things and listen to things critically with a critical eye and ear and make up our own minds. And then the articles go on to say, with global heating up, driving up temperatures and the amount of water vapor in the atmosphere, rain has begun to replace snow at high elevations and snow melt has accelerated earlier in the year. Well, there's a problem here. This year in California, not only is it the snowiest since the winter of 82 and 83, but 
it's also one of the coldest, and snow is going to melt much later. So we do not turn on a dime, and that's really the purpose of what I'm saying here this morning is Mother Nature has a way of always surprising us. We have droughts. We have floods. And by the way, with Curry in California and the West is not unprecedented. In the winter of 82 and 83, we had this kind of snowpack in much of the West. And we had it again in the 20s. So this is not a biblical event. It's actually happened before. So the uh, result is that Tulare Lake is going to be given birth again. It's not going to last very long. Uh, It will get drained off to a certain extent pretty quickly because of all the ditches and water control that are in place that once the huge amount of flooding, precipitation, moisture stops, that water is going to go back into all the canal structures and everything that it, it always had. But for just a glimmer here in time, and that's why I traveled to see this, because for the first time in our lifetime, a 700-square-mile lake is being reborn. And it will, as I said, it's going to have, it's going to create enormous issues um, because of this being a, one of the most intensive, it is the most intensively farmed region on Earth, which means that the soils are full of all kinds of chemicals and fertilizers. And it's also a huge place for dairy farms, which have agricultural produced lots of fecal waste matter. So there are going to be incredible drinking water issues throughout the Central Valley of California as a result of this. This is not a pristine environment that's flooding. It's, it's in many ways the worst possible event, both for agriculture and, and right now for the quality of water. But we'll see what happens. The lake is probably going to bloom with just algae and be just horrible looking. But Mother Nature has a way of winning. But when you read that this storm, this winter that caused all this precipitation, is the result of climate change because the earth is warming up, which it may be, and it is, you have to ask yourself, well, just four months ago, when this record drought was in place, no one was writing about these rivers uh, that are occurring in the air, atmospheric rivers, because of the warming earth. So I think we need to just always have our eyes and ears open, use your own mind, but it is quite something. And in California, when the sun comes up, I'll see this lake with my own eyes. Hard to believe. I'll be back in just a moment with much more on the Great Outdoors show. When I do, I promised last week I'd talk about Louisiana and what's taking place funding-wise in this trying to save the Louisiana coastal marshes. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back in just a moment. This is Charlie Potter in the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN, and first a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. When sunrise is your alarm clock, life is different. You eat a ditch for breakfast. Love the smell of diesel in the morning with a hot cup of joe. The weather report is 40% chance of mud. And corporate pull, that's 36,000 pounds of towing capacity with a gooseneck trailer. Mudden is PTO. You know sometimes when the paved road ends, the fun begins. Chevy Silverado 3500 HD is waiting to run over something, anything. No road, no problem, because the best way out is always through. A trouble rides a swift horse, and you don't want trouble pulling a backhoe loader. Chevy Silverado HD is a wake-up call. Now, during Chevy truck season, get a $1,000 accessory allowance toward the purchase of a new truck with accessories. 
You worked hard for your money. Spend it smart. So see your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer today or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for all the details. Chevy Silverado HD. Power up and experience life in HD. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. And if you're just joining me, I've been talking about the rebirth of a lake that hasn't been seen in over a hundred years in California yet, which is the largest lake west of the Mississippi River, over almost 790 square miles at one time in the Central Valley of California, totally drained. And, and we realized that California, in its natural state, the Central Valley was, well, it was mostly water, a huge lake, Lake Owens, Tulare Lake, Tulare Lake, sorry. But I'm going to go from there to Louisiana, which I promised you I would do, because in Louisiana, uh, there is a headline saying Louisiana faces coastal cliff, cliff as British petroleum funds run out. And I'm quoting, they're calling it a coastal cliff. Financially, in 2032, Louisiana's ability to tap the funding from the BP oil spill, $1 billion a year, is going to be reduced to $200 million or less. Whatever you think about the BP oil spill, and it's a tra- tragedy, the amount of money that British Petroleum had to pay for damages that I think at this point in time, um, well, they were they were catastrophic damages, but they they have been largely healed. The money is going to run out, and it it is a critical issue for saving the Gulf because the Gulf continues, the Gulf Coast marshes of Louisiana because the Gulf continues to eat away at the marshes, football field every minute, and so. It's financial resources using modern technology that are going to be what is needed to reverse the loss of wetlands in the coastal marshes of Louisiana. And whether you agree with the BP settlement or not, that money is about to run out. And when it runs out, that will require resources to come from other areas to replace it. And Louisiana right now is has a $50 billion master plan to restore the coast. And it is a long way from, from getting that funded. So we'll have more on it. But one of the things that Louisiana has grown dependent on is the amount of money from the BP oil spill. And that is going to run out in, uh, I guess I said, 2032. So that's not very far from now. Uh, before I end the show, I just want to mention what I mentioned last week quickly. This movement across the country, particularly led by Western states, to limit non-resident hunters uh, and potentially anglers in some cases from being able to access public lands uh, is is definitely an issue that is drawing attention. Uh, as so many people visit the American West, and they are going to be surprised when they find out in Wyoming they've they've. For shed hunters, they've, they've greatly shortened the season for non-resident individuals to come to the Wyoming and, and hunt for, for sheds in the spring, which did the sheds from antelope and deer and elk. Um, and most of these are on federal lands because most of Wyoming is on federal lands. And how can an individual be stopped from 
walking on federal lands to pick up sheds. Um, if he's a non-resident or she's a non-resident, they go same as going for hunting, and, and probably it's coming coming to fishing too, as so many rivers in the West are are being overcrowded with, with anglers. So that issue is, is going to percolate uh, quite a bit. It's not going to go away. There'll be a lot of lawsuits, and it will be interesting because it'll decide management across the American West as to whether or not states have the right to limit individuals in the United States who are citizens from being able to access public lands, federal lands. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week with much more on the Great Outdoors show. And when I do, I'll... I mentioned I'm here. It's dark in California. But I will see firsthand what Tulare Lake looks like, and I'll give you a brief report on what a reoccurrence of a lake that's been gone for over a century suddenly looks like when it's covering, well, millions of acres of farmland, the most valuable farmland in the world. Thanks for listening. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America. 720 WGN. Have a great week in the great outdoors.